John Fine and Elizabeth Warren's response, because we're going to get to that in a little bit. Still tracking it down. Okay. So there was uh, either the audio or just the uh, the, the, the text, because she, she got herself in a bit of a pickle yesterday with a voter that confronted her over the issue of student loan debt. We'll tell you about that in just a minute. Yeah, it was great. This guy's a hero. You're going to want to hear what he said. Also, at some point, I'd like to get to the woman who was arrested for pooping in the parking lot eight times. Um, not in succession. Nobody could do that. Um, so stay with us. Uh, nah, I, I don't know. Huh. Oh, stop it. Don't even. Uh, right now, <laughs> it's take what? It's time to take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. Can we just give it one? How about those cheese? Can nobody tell me nothing? You can't tell me nothing. Look, I don't tolerate bullshit terribly well. The first vessel in the world to be propelled by atomic power. Spanking, spank, spank, bacon, spank. Every decision we make on taxes, trade, regulation, energy, immigration, education, and more is focused on improving the lives of everyday Americans. And they lie. And lie and lie and lie. The only one who should be embarrassed, Mr. Nadler, is you. I think it is appropriate at this point for me to admonish uh, both the House managers and the President's counsel in equal terms. Trial senators are not allowed to drink anything but water and milk. Yeah, or as uh, Mitt Romney calls that, a full bar. <laughs> And if you don't know, now you know. And if you don't know, now you know. A Chinese theme park is under fire for forcing a pig to bungee jump. 47-year-old Floyd Hayes of Brooklyn registered a pint of beer as his emotional support animal. (laughs) (laughs) I am not in the entertainment business. So, Elizabeth Warren was on CBS this morning trying to clean up something that happened yesterday. So, we'll do it in order so you understand how this plays out. Indeed, a gentleman confronted her in in a polite way. Ten days to Iowa, by the way. Ten days. Actually, getting close. It was a presidential campaign town hall in beautiful Grimes, Iowa. And the man approached Elizabeth Warren and said, I just wanted to ask one question. My daughter is getting out of school. I've saved all my money so she doesn't have any student loans. Am I going to get my money back? Of course not, Warren answered without hesitation. The father pressed on. So you're going to pay for people who didn't save any money, and those of us who did the right thing get screwed? Well, she stammered a non-answer, and she has planned to cancel debt for more than 95% of students. And then he said, look, my buddy had fun. He bought a car. He went on all the vacations. While he was doing that, I saved my money, and he makes more than I did. I worked a double shift. And and his buddy's kid, and he now have student loans that'll get paid off, and, and he won't get anything. And Elizabeth Warren chuckled a little bit, and he said, you're laughing at me. To which Warren denied. She said, no, I'm not. He said, yes, that's exactly what you're doing. We did the right thing, and we get screwed. I appreciate your time, Warren responded and moved along. 
Well, there's he is my hero. Well done, sir. Uh, if I was her speechwriter, I don't know what I would tell her to say. I, I, there's there's no good response to that. Right. Her entire philosophy ignores that truth. I guess I, there's no squaring the two. The the best thing you could say is you're another victim of the system, and people this won't happen to people in the future. That's all I can tell you. Right. Because We're gonna my ma- new system, enact, it's all going to be free. Exactly. Major reforms of the bloated criminal uh, university system. She was on CBS this morning, asked about that, and uh, knew she had to handle it as conservatives. Conservative circles circulated that video of her saying tough luck. Democratic presidential hopeful denied saying she is telling parents who have already paid their tuition tough luck. Warren made the comments on CBS this morning. Uh, we build a future going forward by making it better, she told CBS. By that, oh! By that same logic, geez. what we would have done, not start what... By that same logic, what would we have done? Not started Social Security because we didn't start it last week for you or last month for you? Think about it this way. When I was growing up, I wanted to be a public school teacher. My family had no money. Are you saying tough love to these people, Senator? Uh, no. What I'm saying is there was a $50 semester option for me. I was able to go to college and become a public so Now she's on to school used to be cheaper and it's more expensive now. Right. Um, which is the argument she wants to make, which is obviously true. Um, but that's not the question to ask. No, obviously. Well, there's you have to wiggle out of it. There's nothing. What are you going to say? Right. Exactly. It's unsquarable with your philosophy. We've talked about this before. We actually talked about it at length. I think during the first hour of the show or the second. I don't know. I don't know. The show's so damn long. I don't even know what it was. But um, it's the same with retirement. You have somebody who spent and spent and spent, lived a high life, got gets to retirement with no savings. Then you got somebody who lives very frugally and practically, and they have plenty of savings. And Elizabeth Warren and Nancy Pelosi want to tax that second couple that scrimped and saved because they now have excess wealth. And we're supposed to have sympathy for the people who spent like lunatics. When you remove personal responsibility uh, from the equation, you get no personal responsibility. Well, when the bailout comes, and I think it will come, I think a student loan bailout is coming. A lot of people are going to feel screwed. A lot of people. But you'll have enough people that are happy, gazillions of students and gazillions of parents, Mm -hmm. who are either helping out their kids because they got those student loans or feel like their kids can't get ahead because of the student loans. They're all going to be happy, and that's millions of voters. Yeah. And the people who did pay their own way and did the smart thing, um, uh, you're just screwed. Yeah. It's just a political win. It's power politics. There's more of this group than there is of that group. Yeah, and I don't you know, I don't believe I don't blame the parents for taking on student loan debt and the kids. I really don't because there has been a a conspiracy between the university presidents and their gigantic uh, you know, um what are you administrators, that that huge money suck politically connected uh, group and the bankers and the government people to inject huge amounts of money into education, which has caused horrific inflation of the price of it. And simultaneously, people are told over and over again in their public schools, there's no way they can succeed without a college degree. And there's a giant business involved in trying to get them to go to the their aspirational schools, the most prestigious schools, the rest of it. There's this giant fraud that a lot of people are making a lot of money on, and and people are getting swept up into it. Now, maybe they ought to be smarter and not get swept up into it, but it's harder That'd than it sounds m- if the entire culture is built on that. But it's not my fault that people did, and I'm going to be asked to pay for it. Right. Is, right. So there's no 
you guys don't see like a, a, a weird trap of the, the thinking of, I went through something terrible, you know, paying for a college degree that isn't worth what we paid for it. Mm-hmm. and But we can't fix that because I went through it terrible. Is that any different than somebody saying, why are we paying for paving roads when everybody before us got by on horses and dirt roads? First of all, I'll have to examine that metaphor for a second, it's, but it's, I think uh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, well... Well, my argument would be there's going to have to be an in-between period where the people who get screwed are the people that live through what Joe just explained. And they paid more for college than they should have, and the system was rigged. But the people that get screwed, that don't get screwed, are the people that paid their own way. You're going to have to fix the college system. Right. You're going to have to fix it. You're going to have to figure out how to get it back to where it was before. When the prices weren't just completely out of control and they were giving away free money and, and driving the price up and all that. you got to get that fixed. Nobody ever dresses that, as we've pointed out over and over over the years. Whenever this topic comes up, nobody gets to that issue. Why did college get so expensive and what no, do we do about nobody it? Nobody has any interest in that topic. So, uh, Sean, I'm, uh, my argument isn't the one that you you said. My argument is everybody ought to get... Well, this guy made uh, the point. Those of us who, who paid for it out of pocket deserve every bit as much relief as those who accumulated debts they can't pay. So so his solution would be, if this happens, the people who did it right should also be made whole again yes. with a, a rebate or, or tax break going forward. Or otherwise, something. you're compensating his buddy for the jet skis and the vacations and the bigger house, because money is fungible. So guy A scrimped and saved, worked a double shift, and used cash. Guy B lived his life, bought jet skis and vacations and a big house, and borrowed. You're bailing out borrow guy and not cash guy. Why? Because there has to be an entry point to fix the problem somewhere. And if if everybody just says, well, I went through it, and I'm not going to benefit from this change, therefore... No, that's not the argument anybody's making. Okay. You're you're subsidizing the foolishness, not the loan. If you're going to go out with the bailout, though, you are going to have to have that. You're going to have to have a period of... And her argument about Social Security, I suppose you could have made that argument back in the day when they started giving out Social Security tax. Some people would say, I saved my whole life so I'd have money for retirement. Now the government's giving out checks to people. Well, it's had to start at some point. It started at some point, and they're going to do that with the, the... the, the bailout, I think. I just I think it's inevitable. I think that the bailout is inevitable. Right. The, the difference, though, in this case is that it would be Social Security is only for people who don't have money. As opposed to everybody gets Social Security benefits if they paid into it. Um, so, and that's, if you want to make it like Social Security, you got to give everybody who paid for college during the 90s or 2000s uh, $35,000. Yeah, and I, I completely understand the, that individual's point, and I'm very sympathetic to it, but I'm just curious on the from an intellectual kind of uh, fallacy standpoint of, there. I guess because I'm operating from the conclusion that a bailout's going to happen, so there's going to be oh, some sort of... Gonna happen. There's going to be some sort of Band-Aid ripping off where people get screwed, oh, yeah. but it will be better for people going forward. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Only right, right. if <laughs> that, they that's... reform the whole college thing. Otherwise, it is just whoring themselves for votes. I don't know if it's going to be better going forward. It depends what it's going to be, because Bernie's argument is free. Everybody goes to college for free, which is going to make the prices just insane. Nobody will even know. There will be no accountability for prices anymore. Nobody will have any idea what a four-year degree costs. You just know that this many trillion dollars goes to education. Yeah. Yeah. But we're headed that direction in a so-called free market system anyway. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, that was negative. That was negative. That was a downer, man. That was a, it's it's reality. You don't like reality? <laughs> Tune out. Whoops, no, that would ruin us. Don't do that. Um, er, uh, You could pay off the woman who with the... Uh... Look, let me just tell you this. Is there a grown-up way to say this? There's a new kind of crazy being invented every day. Mm-hmm. And evidently, some people have the kind of crazy that makes them want to poop in a particular place. And it ain't the toilet. They feel the need to leave behind something of themselves. It's like a marking a territory thing? I don't know, but this woman is 51 years old, arrested for pooping eight times in the same sporting goods store parking lot. Okay. Oh, wow. Thank you, Rudy. Details to come. That's her on the... That's That's her. Stay with us. Oh, boy. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is cool. Two strangers, one in New Zealand and one in Spain, place slices of bread on opposite sides of the Earth's surface to create an Earth sandwich. <laughs> and their parents were like, so no news on the job hunt then? That's pretty good. Oh, my. But I know something about Jimmy Fallon's background story. He's a guy... Working it hard in high school, regular jobs and comedy at night, and then immediately, I mean, just, you know, busting his ass, and, you know, so I can understand where he might be coming from. (laughs) Um, Coming up, want to talk about Boris Johnson and maybe the second biggest decision he's ever going to make as prime minister in England about Huawei, and it's his alone to make it, it would appear to be. Oh, Huawei. And, Bojo. And, and it looks like he's going the wrong direction. You know, the Brexit oh, thing no. The Brexit thing is happening it, just in a couple of days. 31st, mm-hmm. it's done. England is out of the EU, and nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. Right. But it's happening. Yeah, yeah. I wish him well. So this woman, 51-year-old Andrea Grosser from Massachusetts. I like people whose last name is a, is a, a profession. Like Baker. Shoemaker, Glover, Taylor, Carpenter. That's a good way to name people back in the day. You live in a town called Hilltop, and your name is Baker. Simpler mm. time. Yeah. Was Shoemaker originally like one who made oh, yeah. shoes? Oh heck yeah. yeah, yeah. All of those, all of those names are uh, Smith. Oh wow, you're a Smith. A lot of people were Smiths, so a lot of people were named Smith. I like that. I'm a Joe Baker from Hilltop. Where is Hilltop? See that hill over there. <laughs> That's Hilltop. It's at the freaking top of it. You know, it's not over by the, by the, right. by the side of the river, because you know what that town is? Riverside. And, All and right? What do you do for a living, Joe? I just freaking told you. Good Joe. God, you're stupid. Baker. Right. A simpler time. I'm Jack, talk show host. This, <laughs> this woman, who is not a grocer, she's a full-time nanny. She was arrested recently. What happened was this. You got this uh, sporting goods store in uh, beautiful Massachusetts, and initially they thought an animal was pooping in their parking lot. Mm, I would know the difference. But round about the second or third time, somebody said, listen, this is not an animal. This is a human pooping. Oh. 
and and it's unbelievable. And so they called the coppers, and they had employees keep keep a lookout, but it just kept happening. But then one day, the cops were really keeping an eye on the place, and they see a gal. Did it roll downhill like the old saying says? I believe the parking lot was flat, Jack. Mm. So that question goes unanswered. They see a woman. Hmm. Kneeling in effect, sort of in her SUV, but hanging her bare hiney out of it. Out of wow! And the alert officer said to himself, "I wonder if that's the person who's been pooping." Wait a second! I'm putting two and two together here. Right, a number two and two together, if you will. Okay. It's a sick and I'm here all week, which thankfully is over. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so he threw on the lights and said, "Hey, hey, hey!" What are you doing pooping? And this 51-year-old nanny said, I uh, I, uh, er, uh, I have uh, irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah, yeah it's an emergency. That's yeah. the ticket. That's the ticket. And I promise I'll never poop in this uh, parking lot again. So I don't know enough about circumstantial evidence. If there's been a whole bunch of human poop day after day after day, then you see somebody doing it. Can she claim, yeah, I did it this one time. I was ill, but I'm not the other people. Or can you just assume yeah, well, and I don't know. I, I know that you can do tests. Oh. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, the, the lawyer... Let's not do it right now. The lawyer said, no, it wasn't that. It was runner's diarrhea. Yeah, that's why she keeps doing it in the same place yeah. all the time. But she's a wackadoo. So she's she a pillar it. of the community, but she got the crazy pooping uh, bone going, apparently. She's a pillar of the community? Oh, yeah. Nice gal. Lovely gal. Just got one odd habit. <laughs> Entirely beholden to the Chinese Communist Party. Many of its employees, including its founder, have direct and strong ties to the Chinese intelligence and military establishment. Therefore, if Huawei is building your network, you can expect Huawei to exfiltrate sensitive data directly back to the Chinese Communist Party, if not have the ability to shut down the network entirely. And that's why it makes absolutely no sense for the U.S. and certainly none of our closest allies like Britain to allow Huawei anywhere near their network. Well, they're going... Don't trust China! Don't trust China. Nope. Uh, They're going to... Who was that, Sean? Uh, Representative Mike Gallagher. Okay, now I'm... I've just done the reading I've done and listened to podcasts about China... And it became very clear to me, listening to a variety of professors and uh, foreign policy experts, there's no such thing as being a business in China that isn't connected to the government. There's no such thing. I will tell you this, having had long conversations with American counterintelligence agents, you are 100% correct. It's just part of doing business in a communist land. Mm -hmm. Part of what you do is being for being allowed to be a business, because they allow you other non-government businesses... We get to we get everything. We get access to everything. Right. Financial stuff, any information you can gather, anything you do, we we're part of it. And please be aware you're under constant surveillance. So I'm going to read from the Dispatch, which has become one of my favorite news sites. United Kingdom Prime Minister Boris Johnson is facing one of the most consequential decisions thus far, whether or not to let Huawei, the Chinese telecommunications company, build out the UK's 5G infrastructure. Oh, Bojo, please. How that's even a question? Is amazing to me. 
Huawei has long been a target of national security hawks within the Trump administration for the reasons we just uh, uh, described. Point of order. Well, yeah, that's true as far as it goes, but it didn't begin with Trump's people. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. The company, of course, Huawei, denies it would ever do such a thing like, you know, uh, give information to the government or whatever. That That's a silly right. notion. Until they told you to. Pres- yeah. President Trump signed an executive order last May allowing the Commerce Secretary effectively to ban foreign information and, uh, and, and not allow Huawei to be involved in the United States. Huawei remains the global leader in telecommunications network equipment, and it can generally provide the equipment at a much lower cost than its competitors to all these different countries, including us. But we said, sorry, we don't care if it's cheaper. Well, yeah, they're heavily subsidized as part of it. Obviously, because yeah. the Chinese government, <clears throat> which is set on taking over the world has an opportunity to get in, to, to own and have all the information from your cell phone system in your country. Of course they're going to give it to you at a low price. Well, and all, I would, too. And all data that uses those networks, and come 5G, it will be all data. Of course you're getting it at a better price. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. As the world prepares to upgrade to a 5G future, countries don't want to be left behind. The self-driving cars, telemedicine, and smart cities that 5G technology promises uh, to unlock could generate billions and billions of dollars. And that's where the United Kingdom comes in. In an interview with BBC last week, Boris Johnson laid out the dilemma he's facing quite clearly. The British public deserves to have access to the best possible technology. If people oppose one brand or another, then they have to tell us, what's the alternative? On the other hand, let's be clear, I don't want a UK, as UK Prime Minister to put in any infrastructure that's going to prejudice our national security. Well, you're going to if you allow Huawei in. Yeah, wow. that's wild. According to NBC News, the United States sent a delegation to London in an effort to dissuade Boris Johnson, lobbied him heavily from dancing with the telecom devil. Marco Rubio wrote an op-ed in The Telegraph arguing that opening the door to Huawei would effectively expose the inner workings of British national security industry, and society to Chinese ears for a generation, and that it would be a tremendous mistake. A source at British Intelligence uh, told The Times that a U.K. deal with Huawei would be akin to letting a fox loose in a chicken coop. Time-honored metaphor, Jack. The, the decision is ultimately Johnson's alone to make with his current political position. We should know soon whether or not the U.S.-U.K. special relationship has withstood the test of time. Oh, no, Bojo. I can't believe they're even considering it. Uh, Here's a little chain of logic for you. Can you imagine the Chinese government, which controls everything? I mean, it controls everything to the extent it wants to. It will turn you loose to make money. um, But if they need control, they grab it. Can you imagine them being aware that Huawei could give us a backdoor into all the data and all the communications of our global adversaries, but we're not going to ask that of them. We're not going to even ask them for a passive back door that's impossible to see, and we won't activate until we really feel like we... Where would we... How could we ask that of Huawei? We're not going to. That, that, that is beyond foolishness. I mean, you're... you're well, nobody could think that. Well, it's foolishness for regular companies, but Huawei being as big as they are, they, they've already got... There are, there are communist party loyalists already high up in Huawei. That decision was made a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, it's that's just... <clears throat> and they, What they a great s- way to take over the world. They seem to have got a very effective foothold kind of among tech communities by making, by all metrics, very good phones. And cheap. And cheap. But they did that by stealing 
uh, American technologies and, and then just, you know, without going through all the, right. they were able to just undercut a lot of the things using similar and or better tech. Right. So they and kind of state subsidies. So they, yeah. yeah. So they got kind of this reputation of, oh, these are high quality phones before a lot of this narrative started to, to become clear. Imagine yeah. whatever business you're in, you get to give your number one competitor. You're going to say, Hey, I'll give, uh, I'll give you and all your employees iPhones, free iPhones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now I, I get, to, now I get to listen in on all the conversations. Well, you know, I don't know about the listening of the conversations, but those are some cheap phones. So, uh, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what Great Britain's going to do. And then how does that change our relationship with them? We we can't share information with a country that their entire network is connected to China. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not very easily. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of Germany agreeing to these incredibly important pipeline projects with Russia and becoming energy dependent on Putin. To save a few bucks. It is mind-boggling to me terrible that idea. so much of the world has not caught on to what China is. It's not like it's super secret information. It's out there for the reading or the listening if you want to find out about it. China yeah. is asshole! Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, if you, if you want to understand how these dynamics work, maybe, you, I don't know, maybe is it a good place to start uh, Winston Churchill volume... Which volume of his his fifty million page six volume history of World War Two? The Gathering Storm is the most read volume of it, I think, in which he describes his trying to get Britain to wake up to the Nazi threat. This isn't the lady in front of the sporting goods shop. On uh, <laughs> no, the no. Gathering Storm. No, no, she left her storm behind. Uh, and. There are a lot of people who are either naive about China's goals or they see a chance to get a screaming deal to get, you know, 5G going for their constituencies, be uh, heroes in that way, and, and they think, you know, I don't know, China liberalized. Sure they will. Let's just get more and more involved with them, and, and the more economically integrated they get, they'll be they'll open up, and they won't be an evil power anymore. I thought everybody, they'll, they'll open up. I thought all the smart people had decided that didn't work already. Well, yeah, sometimes greed uh, blinds you to, to what your conscience is telling you. Are the smart you people in charge? you your ideals of freedom if you want to suck on the warm teat of China. There's are, that. Are the smart people in charge? Well, I, some of them are smart, but they're maybe they're more greedy than smart. Yeah. That is absolutely amazing. Opening up your country's entire telecommunications network to China. Wow. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And and as that guy pointed out, not only can they get all the information from your um uh all your businesses, your uh, everything about society to have an idea of how to deal with you as a society. All your government secrets, just everything. Military secrets. Not only all that, they might have the ability to just shut the whole thing off whenever they want to. Right. Th- th- things get ugly, we're just going to shut it down. Yeah, but they got a 60% off sale. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Good luck, Boris, do the, do the right thing, Boris. Surely Trump or... or uh, I don't know who would have some sway. Um, Secretary of Defense or somebody is in Boris's ear saying, look, this is insane. Pompeo's got to go over there and grab him by the necktie. Just shake him. Grab him by that crazy hair. Right, exactly. Bam! Bam! Right on the desk. Wow. Just go go uh, Tony Soprano on <laughs> Wow, a lot of violence. Barbaric! I don't know. <laughs> you gotta, you got to do whatever it takes. All right, all right. I, I'm not in favor of the Secretary of State assaulting the Prime Minister. 
But metaphorically speaking, can he do that, please? <laughs> Some people liked the segment we did before, which I'm not going to mention. Some people did not. Well, once again, we have failed you. to please everybody. Can we start calling the Mexican? I'm looking at the text line. Yeah, good. Which is 415-295-KFTC. Can we start calling the Mexican beer virus Kung Flu? That's not bad. You don't like it? Okay. The Mexican Kung Flu? No, because the Mexican beer in the virus. setup. Coronavirus. Can you just call but it Kung, Kung Flu? Kung is a reference to China. So the, the setup is misleading in terms of the punchline. I don't like the joke. But can you call it Kung Flu? No. I'm surprised nobody has. That joke was akin to what that woman was leaving at the sporting goods store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of people on the cost of college and whether or not they should get money back for having paid or whether they should be bailed out and they ripped off by the system. Maybe we'll get into more of that on Monday. That topic is going to be around for a while, especially if Elizabeth Warren gets the nomination or Bernie. Yeah. Either one of them get the nomination. Wow. Well, it's undoable. So, uh, What were you if your last name is Wiener? We talked about Baker, Smith, Shoemaker. Hot dog stand? You ran a hot dog stand? Viner. Um, or Viner. Uh, that's an, uh, you make wine. You're a winemaker. Ooh. Oh, really? I don't know. That was a guess. Okay. I'm, I'm going with that as fact. Yeah, I'm going to tell that to all my friends. Hey, you know. <laughs> right. Right. And if they challenge you on it, grab them by the hair and bam into the wall. <laughs> bam. Um, a couple of things we'll we'll try to finish strong. I've got uh, who's going to perform at the Grammys, and uh, the the Grammys show is usually pretty good music, uh, among other things. On the way. Armstrong and Getty. I do my head toss, check my neck, baby. How you feeling? Bellow her name. <laughs> yes, you love her. I wish we could play the real version because I just I love the way she, I love the way she says it. It's fantastic. Anyway, what's the name of the song again for those of us who don't rock out to Lizzo much? Good as hell. Good as hell. Yeah. I'm good as hell. I don't appreciate the foul language. You wouldn't like the album cut, then. Yeah, there's a lot of foul language in the song. Oh, my. Lizzo is up for the most Grammys, and the Grammys is Sunday night, and she is going to perform along with a whole bunch of different people. I was just looking at the Album of the Year nominees. Uh, Lana how Del many Rey. are there? There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I was going to guess how many of them I would have any interest in. But it's in, a but... lot easier for me to dip into a song here or there from an album than it is to go watch a movie. Sure. Like I can check all these out. Billie Eilish. Eilish? Ar- uh, Eilish, yeah. Uh, Ariana Grande. H-E-R. Do you say H-E-R or do you say her? Her. Okay. Little Nas X. That can't be album of the year. That's that's a one hit wonder, one off, gonna disappear into the dustbin of history. Song of the year, maybe. Yeah, but, yeah I know yeah. those when I see them, and it's fine. I like that song. My kids like the song. Plus, but... he was just uh, hospitalized with saddle sores. <laughs> Hilarious. Lizzo, of course, with her album Vampire Weekend is up. I'm uh, I am familiar with them. I've heard good things year. about them. I, yeah. I don't know if I've actually yeah, checked them out. Yeah, they're they're a really smart pop band. Don't love them, but I can see why some people do. They're very good. Bon Iver's up for Album of the Year. I love Bon Iver. I didn't even know he had a new album out, and I will check that out today because I'm a huge fan of Bon Iver. 
But um, I believe it's Bon Iver. Okay, I'm not saying that. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> I'm not saying that. Billy Eilish. Um, that would that I should say right. How do you pronounce the Rolling Stones? Just out of curiosity. Stonis. <laughs> Rolling Stonis. <laughs> Rolling Stonis. But anyway, who's going to perform? At your service. Because the best part of the Grammys is the, the who performs. A uh, little music for you. And you will get uh, Billie Eilish. You will get Lizzo, of course. You will get Ariana Grande. You'll get Tyler, the creator. Don't know his act. A uh, hip-hop guy. Okay. Sheila E. and Usher with a Prince tribute, which sounds kind of cool. Sheila E. and Usher with... Oh, yeah. Okay. That math works. A Prince tribute. Okay, why not? I'm all for Prince tributes. Plucky little fella. Strange as hell, they say. Just read an interview with one of his friends. He was as odd as he seemed. But uh, a genius, no doubt. Lil Nas X. Is this possible? They all going to be together? Lil Nas X, BTS, Diplo, Mason Ramsey, and Billy Ray Cyrus all together? Mason Ramsey was the Walmart yodeling kid? I believe that's who that is. (laughs) But the, the idea of... Uh, that uh, K-pop group, BTS, with... Oh, is that who that is? With Billy Ray Cyrus, yeah. yeah have, you, okay. have you ever seen them? I have. There's something. And the, way yeah. the, and the way the crowd goes crazy for them, like Jesus has walked on stage. They, they yeah. might be the biggest band on the planet at the moment. Oh, they've oh, got to be. they are, yeah. And when they were on yeah. Saturday Night Live, and this Quote is for the... band. Yeah, right. and they, when they were on Saturday Night Live, and this is for the SNL audience who... I don't assume comes for that act or even can get tickets just because of the music like. But people went berserko. Like the Beatles had gotten back together with the Rolling Stonis. Yes. And and Billy, I mean, just, and I thought, what? What is it about the androgynous 17-year-old dancing around formulaic pop stuff that makes Lip people... Lip-syncing. Yeah, that makes people <laughs> yeah. go so crazy. I don't, you know, the, the pop music was formulaic pap that challenged nobody for a very long time. Then there was kind of a brief period where it was art. And it's gone back to the other thing now. It's not that surprising. There's plenty of art being made, by the way. You just don't hear about it unless you seek it out. I'm not surprised that it exists. Mm -hmm. I'm just surprised that people go nuts, like swoon over it. More than other music. Yeah, I, I get that there's some people like metal, some people like this, but I've never seen a crowd react to a band on Saturday Night Live in 40 years of watching it the way people went nuts for that the BTS yeah, I thing. see your point. I don't get it on any level. Why you could be that enthusiastic about something that formulaic, but it is, they are, and, and, and people are making zillions of dollars. Gary, so who's the idiot? Gary Clark Jr. and the Roots, that'll be cool. Oh, that's fantastic. Hell yeah. yeah. Please. Um, a tribute to John Prine, which is just for me. I will absolutely love that. Uh, Starring Little Nas X and the kid from Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Yodel some John Prine song. Yodel you. <laughs> Here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's wrap things up with a final thought from everybody on the crew. He presses the buttons. He keeps us on the air. Michelangelo, Michael. Yeah, look for a lot of suspicious television merchandise returns on Monday, as a lot of people will buy a TV just for the Pro Bowl and then return it the next day. <laughs> you with your Pro Bowl? So riff. look out, Costco, please. <laughs> look Watch out, for Costco. Don't get hooked. <laughs> Uh, positive, Sean, our producer. Your final thoughts, sir? Yes, catching a matinee tomorrow, which will cross off the final movie from all the Best Picture nominees from 2019. I'm seeing Jojo Rabbit, the comedy about a Hitler youth camp. Hmm. A comedy about a Hitler youth camp. Yeah, I already did that with uh, with uh, Bob Crane, right? Hogan Heroes? But, you know, you hear the elevator pitch for the producers and you think, oh, okay, you got another idea? 
Yeah, it's one of the most popular movies and musicals in the history of entertainment. I hear you. Jack is co-host. Your final thought? Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani are performing together. Now, they're married now. They seem like a really weird couple to me. I've never seen them on stage together doing their thing. Very pretty. Oh, God. Have they had kids? They haven't had kids. They need to, just for the good of humanity. Absolutely. So, my final thought, I used to never, ever eat donuts, but I wandered into the lunchroom recently, (laughs) and there was an incredible variety of donuts. What'd you have? The donut is fascinating. It was the cake donut with, like, uh, glaze on it. Can I eat five of those? Uh, I had one. The donut is unique in that it combines the sugar crash of candy with the mouth-coated-with-fat feel <laughs> of eating, like, leftover ribs cold. Did you get, did you try the one with the marshmallow on top? Oh, no, because oh. I'm an adult. Oh. Uh, I, I, I'm not saying I'm disgusted with myself, but I'm not gusted. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Email us. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. The podcasts are there, huh? See you tomorrow, God bless, or Monday. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from not planning, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was the sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this still come was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. Time! <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>